Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. The Cabinet have signed off on a temporary ban on evictions from November until the end of March next year. Darrell O'Brien, the Minister of Housing, said the Cabinet recognises the exceptional times we're in at the moment and the acute pressure on the emergency accommodation across the country, for many reasons, as we all know. This means that if a landlord wishes to evict someone from their property, they will have to wait until April when the ban is actually lifted. Now, there will be exceptions to the ban, including non-payment of rent, but that is willful non-payment of rent. That's the way the wording of the legislation will be. In other words, if a tenant comes to you and says, well, I don't have the money, well, then you can't kick them out. You can only kick them out if they have the money and they're unwilling to pay it. Antisocial behaviour or using the property for purposes other than what it was intended for. In other words, they start operating a business from it. So, And that was always the case anyway. Basically, if a person does not have the money to pay, they cannot be evicted. However, if someone willfully refuses to pay their rent, they can be evicted. This means they have the financial resources to pay their rent, but are willfully choosing not to. So essentially, nobody can really be evicted unless they're willfully not paying for it. So, speaking to Ortiz Morning Ireland, the chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association said our organisation is seriously considering going to the courts, they'd have to go to the High Court and prove it wasn't constitutional over the proposed legislation. Mary Conway said, also said, landlords are leaving the market due to the over-regulation and over-taxation and that association members are very distressed by this news and this legislation. Sinn Féin's housing spokesperson Owen O'Brien said the par- his party will work constructively, I'm sure they're delighted by the way because this is what they wanted anyway, with the housing minister on the eviction ban to get it right and if Sinn Féin had the way they'll probably extend it even further. Anyway, Deputy O'Brien uh, said a ban on no-fault evictions for four or five months in itself won't fix anything unless the minister also outlines what additional measures he's going to take to increase the supply of social housing and affordable housing. Essentially, the eviction ban will help people at risk of homelessness in the immediate future. However, long term, it may worsen the situation when landlords, with landlords leaving the market. So I want to hear from you today. And I want to know what you think of this eviction ban. Do you think it'll make a difference whatsoever? Will it, or do you agree with it? Maybe you're a landlord and you feel now there's nothing you can do. No matter what your tenant does realistically, you're not going to be able to chuck them out. If you want to sell your house, you can't chuck them out. If you want to move your son or daughter in, you can't chuck them out. If they don't pay their rent because they can't pay it, you can't chuck them out. So you can't chuck them out. You don't really have any rights to chuck them out, certainly over the next five months. And they may extend that even further because I can't see the government doing a U-turn on this in March, at the end of March, because then all of a sudden you're going to have a load of people evicted at the same time. So let me know what you think. Will an eviction ban actually work? The number is 087-188-0008. I want to hear from tenants and landlords as well, by the way. 087-188-0008. You can text or WhatsApp now. You can send us a WhatsApp voicemail if you like. But joining me in the studio is Carl Dieter. Carl is from the Irish Mortgage Irish Mortgage Brokers dot IE. Good afternoon, to you, Carl. How are you getting on? Now, Carl, you've heard this has been mooted for a while. <coughs> Sinn Fein have been looking for this for ages anyway, right? Uh-huh. So the government have finally done it. France have done this already. They, they've done it in the past as well. Other countries have done it too. But does it work? Does it make a difference? Um in the short term, it, 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 it does achieve a certain goal, but then it starts to have what's known as the cobra effect, which is where you get the exact opposite of what you were hoping for. So, uh, and, and when you look at what it does to other people who aren't mentioned, you have to remember there's other people in this equation. It's not just oh, someone who, who might have to you know, move out of a property. So I, I got a call yesterday from an old guy who put his house up for sale a while ago, and he said, you know, I gave all the notice. And he's like, I wanted to sell the house. Give me kids, you know, the few bob. I was like, well, you just have to wait. And he says, well, I might not have time. And then he told me that he has this disease. It's definitely going to get him. And look, he's, that's a, a, a different issue. And he said, so what do I do? And what, what do you say to him? Do it from heaven. 
Yeah. You know, you're not going to get your chance in life to do what you were hoping to do to help your own family. You look at someone whose relationship breaks down and suddenly, you know, for, for the sake of keeping your household somewhat sane, you might say, look, I'm going to move into the other house. You're not able to do that now. So, like, it actually, you, it's, it's always good to have empathy for people that are the, the, the people on the rough side of things that happen. And I get that. And that's why, you know, people intuitively hear something like this and they say, wow, that's good because we're helping the people who are, who are in, well, in bad, yeah. bad position. But there's other people, too. And, and, well, and we well, never then, think well, then about here's them. the thing. Is this constitutional? Because according to the Constitution, it has to be for the social good, right? Now, I mean, this is not really for the social good. It's for the good of a certain portion of society who are renters. Look, like, this, this government has shown a, a willingness to abuse the Constitution in every way that they could, including banning people from traveling certain distances from their home, you know, during lockdown, there's all sorts of things that are really questionable that they have done. And really what I think is concerning is they're trying to, you know, outshin the shinners on this one. Like they're going with a policy that is appealing to a different voting base because the people who appeal to that voting base are doing so good. But that's not because those ideas are good. It's just people are frustrated with the government. So, like, why are they trying to... Well, I suppose, a, I suppose a, a to, to argue the government's point, the reason they're doing it is we're coming to a point now where we've had 52,000 Ukrainian people come into the country. All the temporary accommodation has been used up, essentially, by either them or international asylum seekers. We have no temporary accommodation. People are being kicked out of houses and have nowhere to live. No, so their answer is we can't have people out in the middle of winter sitting on the streets. Yeah, but equally, you, you have some couple who, who may have gone sale agreed on a house and expecting a baby and now they're not going to be able to move in because the tenant can't be asked to leave. All I'm trying to say is that there's other people involved here and we never think about them. Like, if we want to think about anything, why do we think that why when rents and prices are so high that all the landlords are running away? Why are they running the other direction if things are so damn good? That's actually the but, real but there, is, but there is a picture painted of landlords in this country as these shady characters with cloaks and hats who come and collect the money at the door and threaten you, everyone. That's not your average landlord. Your average landlord, I assume, is an incidental landlord who might have inherited the house from a parent who died or but, something like that. Look, or, th- th- there's, there's a host of things. How, how about, how's about how, here's a really good example of a landlord, an accidental landlord. Two people get together during the boom, bought a house, goes into negative equity. So they start renting it out and they rent out a different house. And now they finally have a chance at home ownership because there's some equity back in the property. They go say they agreed on a house, you know, and now they're saying to the, to the people who, who, you know, may have just moved in quite recently, actually, we're, we're going to sell the house. We want to give you notice. Oh, you can't. And now their sale falls through. And now that affects them. It affects their kids. It affects where their kids go to school. It affects their whole life. Like, we're so good at using a basically simpleton argument to say, what's the first thing that we want? We want good weather. Okay, ban the rain. I mean, it is... Frickin' childhood laughable thinking that's behind this. And the fact that people swallow it as if it's some well-thought-out, you know, high-browed policy, it just shows an inability of the public to think for themselves. But you were telling me all the reasons why this is the wrong thing to do, and I'm probably essentially agreeing with most of it, but taking the other side of the argument, what is the right thing to do when you have a situation where we have no temporary accommodation, hotels are nearly full with people, uh, the, the state is paying for these rooms. The, the government I mean, should open up people, all of the empty government buildings. They should open up all of the empty government... Would you live in a government building? Pardon? Would you live in a government building? I'm not the one saying that I need the government to take care of me. I take care, I row my own boat. You know, if I paddle my own canoe, I, I 
Yeah, but look, I mean, you're, yeah, but you're in a lucky position, Carl. I mean, you've got your own company. You've oh, got I a work sixty hours. I'm, I'm not saying you're min- you know, I'm not saying, the, I'm not saying you're I've minted. Got the, I've got all the trappings of a great life: sleep deprivation. You know, trying to put my kids into school. Yeah, now look, what you see, whatever you think you see, I'm just a person who's probably overworked at the root of it all, and I do pay my own way. And because I do, I think, you know, that's my choice. But if you're saying I want the government to pay my way, then you get what the government has on offer. And that may be that for a while, you know, we open up living in a hub, and- a living in a hub at a government building. I'll put it this way. The government are the ones who want to make the rules and make other people pay for it. All I'm saying is the government make the rules, but how about you pay for it? Now, ultimately, all taxpayers pay for it. But let's just be clear. If they want to intervene, why don't they intervene with all the empty buildings they have? Why didn't they intervene by making NAMA provide social housing instead of selling it off to all funds and investors? Why don't they intervene in a million other ways? But they won't. They want to just go for what's easy, clear, and also appeals to one of the sickest elements of Irish genetic uh, kind of mentality that landlords are somehow bad, and that goes back to people burning. But there are bad landlords too. Of course, there are the same as there's bad radio there's a, DJs. There's uh, well, bad I mean, you've got you, well, well hang on, you've got, you've got these as they call them, the vulture funds, or these you know multinational companies buying up apartment blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, something they're not doing to, it now. Well, well, no, they're not doing it now, but they still own quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I suppose in that sense, it's probably not such a bad thing. But you are talking about the individuals, and I get them thinking in relation to this. I don't know whether you've looked. The legislation is not clear yet as to how it's going to be worded. It's not clear because it's a donkey legislation. Well, they, all, they do. all they're going to do is put fancy words around a bad idea. Okay, well, they're saying that you can't boot somebody out or, unless they're willfully not paying. That means if you can't afford oh, to pay. Oh, great. Can you imagine what that means? Yeah, well, if you can't afford to pay, well, they can't boot you out. But how, how do you prove that someone's willfully not paying? Well, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, no, but I mean, like, so, like honestly, okay, uh, so, how, do you, how do you prove that? But, but does, does this apply, for example, and we're seeing quite a lot of this at the moment, people taking advantage of the 14,000 tax break that you can get if you rent out a room in your house. Does this apply to those people too? Renters can rent rent out for fourteen thousand. Yeah, they can get up to that amount. Yeah, but does does this apply to those families, let's say, who might have somebody renting a room in their house, and all of a sudden they fall into a bad relationship with that person? They say, "Look, we want you out." Can they not boot them out? Of course they can, because that's not a tenancy. That actually falls under a different section of law, so they can be kicked out tomorrow morning, zero notice. Okay, so so for those people, not to worry. No, they should be. No, they should be worried because well, but they shouldn't be any more worried than they were last week, because that has always been the case. If you rent a room out in your house. Let's say you rent to someone and, and you have an argument with them. The next day you can say you've got to move out and they have no protection, no rights, no nothing. They're out in the rear. Okay, so they don't have that same protection from the No, the, this the is for, for tenancies where someone signed up to a lease. Okay. All right, well, look, I want to know what you think, by the way. You've heard what Carl Jeter thinks. He thinks it's a really bad idea, which is typical of the Irish government. Uh, I want to know what you think. The number is 087 Stay there, Carl, actually, for a second. Just throw those headphones on you there, will you, for a minute, if you can. Because I want to go to Peter Dooley is from the Dublin Renters Union. Peter, good afternoon to you. Hi, Noel. How are you? Hey, there you go. You've listened to Carl Dieter, and Carl says, absolutely worst idea out of worst ideas. Well, you know, it's, I totally disagree with it. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a stepping stone to providing uh, security for tenants. Uh, for too long in Irish society, tenants have been treated like second-class citizens. There's over 20% of the population now in private rented accommodation. In Europe, there's long-term leases uh, for tenants. In Ireland, we're way behind the curve on this. Like, you know, we just treat tenants with total disdain. And, you know, I agree with Karen on a couple of points in terms of the Irish government, in terms of what they should have done. They've failed us over the past number of years in terms of not providing enough public housing for people. They've sold off public housing stock, which we're fundamentally against to sell off public housing. Um, and, you know, they've opened the market to uh, the corporate landlords to come in and charge extortionate rent and keep apartments empty to keep the rents artificially high. So there's a lot of factors going on that they've, um, the, the government has let people down on. But, you know, it, it's vital that abandoned evictions is critical at this point because, you know, we've seen homelessness figures spiking 
70% of people forcing the homeless and country insecure private rental market. Uh, it just can't, it can't continue. Okay, but what, what about the point Carl makes is that the only people we're considering here are those tenants. We're not considering, and the example he gave, say, of a couple who've now got some positive equity in the house that they're renting, moving back into their own home, who might have rented it out because it was a negative equity. They want to move back in. They've gone sale agreed on the house that they had. They want to move back into their house. They've got kids. They've got a family. And now they can't because they can't kick the tenant out. And when I say kick the tenant out, give the tenant a reasonable period of notice, depending on how they were there. So, I mean, that's a bit unfair. In other words, we're not really taking everybody into consideration. And everybody isn't a bad landlord or everybody isn't a multinational company or a landlord with a cloak and a hat on them. Yeah, but the, the issue is a landlord is, uh, is, is making rent from tenants all the time. You know what I mean? So whatever reason they're, they're in it for, some people could be in it because obviously the banks are, are, are making an absolute fortune out of it through mortgage repayments. And obviously interest rates increasing. And we know all that, like, you know, and these are the people we should be tackling. Like, there are individual landlords. No, but you're not, you're not answering the question I'm asking you. you but you're, Peter, you're not answering the question I'm asking you in relation to, <coughs> I understand the vulnerability of a, of a tenant, and I get that, right? But what I'm saying is there's also vulnerability as well for people who own those properties. You know, they're not all bad people. Some of them are paying mortgages. Some of them are actually losing money, even taking into consideration the rent they're getting because of the high taxes they might be paying if they have their own job too. So, so realistically, you have to take that into consideration too. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there's individual cases there that, you know, I'm sure it's tenants, similar on the other side, where tenants, for instance, they can't pay extortionate rent at the moment. So everything has to be taken into consideration. It's not like a, a binary issue, like, you know what I mean? So it is a lot more complex than that. And there are people, obviously, in equity, equity and they appreciate the difficulty they're in. But, like, obviously, the issue is, is with the banks. But a lot of more, landlords are mortgage-free. And that's the reality as well. Like, like, they benefit from okay, extortionate rent add, over the last 10, 10 years. Okay, sorry, Carl, go ahead. Like, he represents a renters' union, so his best Peter interest Jr., yes. is obviously double, completely, double completely clear. But Peter, should anyone be evicted? Well, well, there are obviously exceptions where people should be evicted. But you know what I mean. If somebody, what, like, what are those exceptions? Whatever, you know what I mean. If what are, what like, are those exceptions, Peter? Uh, well, let's say that somebody, for instance, uh, if 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 they're let's say, they, let's say somebody can't afford the rent, struggling to answer because he actually doesn't believe it. Well, that's unacceptable. Like, obviously, if somebody's trashing somewhere, like, you know, they're consistently doing something to somebody's property, that's, that's obviously an issue that, that has to be addressed, like, you know. Um, to be addressed. Be, you know, apart, apart from all the other stuff, there's a lot of other issues there, for instance, non-payment of rent. There could be issues with people in, in, in difficulty in terms of uh, paying the extortionate rent. Like, currently, there's a new apartment near up to where I, uh, I live in Hurstcott. They've just I, come on I, the actually, market. I actually didn't hear an answer to the question, though, so... For a two-bedroom apartment. Like, it's absolutely extortionate. No, I, I, no, no, we, we can't. We can't all that. Well, hang on, hang on, Peter. Carl has asked you a question. Okay, so, so let's give an example. Let's say you have a house and you have a couple in it with two children and they're, they're renting it. And all of a sudden, um, let's say they lose their job for whatever reason or something happens. One of them, I don't know, becomes an alcoholic or something. I don't know. And they've no money and they can't afford the rent. Do you have a right to put them out? There should be supports there, whether the state steps in. The are already stepping in in terms of, and, and Carl is well aware of it, in terms of housing assistance payment, which is a transfer of public money every year that's going into private hands, nearly a billion euro this year, rather than be diverted into public housing. And a lot of that is going for ex council houses that have been sold off. There's still, still not really an answer, though. I mean, like, like, take for instance the accidental landlord, and you've got people who, you know, rented out their one bed apartment. And they finally have an opportunity to move to the area where they want. You know, they may have had children in the meantime. And if they move now, they can get them into the school registration in time for next year. But this rule then stops them from living out their life. What about them? Well, well what about a family who are in rented accommodation? Uh, oh, like that. No, what I'm saying is, like, like I'm not going to go into an empathy. Peter, what, what I, I want to be clear about, I'm not going to go into an empathy derby with you. 
Okay, and, and by that, proxy, that, somehow appear that, more noble by a party more cost. If a tenant in a property at the moment, uh, there should be security of tenure for tenants. Like if people get involved, for instance, like there are exceptions where you know and which are making, but that's actually a, that, that's there's probably a limit of amount of those people in that position. And that's it's actually not. Issue. That's the funny thing uh, is, is people well, say that there's not. Issue, you know? but, but actually, th- this is one of the largest reasons is because people are selling. America, like, you know, because they'd rather be dealing with on, on fact based and evidence based and the people we're dealing with. Like, but okay, but okay, your your people you're dealing with, by the way, doesn't make it fact. It makes it anecdote. The national figures are what make it fact. Okay, well, both of you. Well, but hang on, no, no, hang on, hang on, Peter, for a second. So the government has said this is from the first of November to the end of March, five months, right? So what happens in five months' time? Say there's a lot of, at the moment, currently, there are some landlords, accidental or otherwise, uh, who are planning on selling their properties maybe over the next five months. They're planning on selling it next month or the month after. They now, they now can't, right? They now have to wait to, to evict their, their tenants. So what happens in March? In March, what, what, then, we will have the, all those people from the last five months who are going to be evicted anyway are going to be evicted in March. So what are well, we going to do you, then? I'll tell you what should happen now. What happened previously during COVID, we saw when emergency measures were brought in, we saw homelessness in terms of people in emergency accommodation drop to 7,900 people. Now it's obviously spiking because the, the, the ban was lifted. But what we should be working on now is, is, is giving long-term security for tenants. And I think, if, for instance, if landlords want to sell, I've no issue if landlord wants to sell for whatever reason you have to sell, but there, there has to be a proviso that the tenancy remains intact. So, so, so who wants to sell? But who wants to sell a house with a tenant in it? Yeah, no, like the, the people who are buying the houses want to live in the house. So, imagine, Peter, Peter, you're not, you're not. You see, I understand you want to get in as much as you can. I understand who you represent, and I appreciate that, right? But Carl makes a valid point. Who wants to buy a house with a tenant in situ? Because the majority, basically, you're going to limit your market to only those who want to rent the house. So if I have a house tomorrow and I have two tenants in it and I want to sell it, and let's say they're there a few years and I give them for three or four months notice or whatever I have to give them. And a couple expecting a baby want to move in. Uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff, though. This <laughs> they're not going to want to move in with the tenants it, are still there. It, it's just an empathy derby. We're actually not thinking about root causes here. We're not thinking about root solutions. We're just saying... Pick a party, say that they're the worst affected, and then go be more noble by saying that you represent their views. And that's completely wrongheaded. That's not the way actual well, adult well, debate well, occurs. Well, I, I, I would argue, like I said, as I started the conversation with you, Carl, as well, that I basically said that I agree with a lot of points in terms of what you're, where you're standing from, in terms of the failure of the state to provide enough social housing and public housing, to sell off of public housing, which I fundamentally agree, agree with you in that point of view. There are solutions there, and we've provided so many solutions, such as such as short-term less in the city. Uh, you're fully aware of them, probably three and a half, maybe 4,000 on Airbnb and these platforms that are currently being let out in extortionate rents that could be brought into the, into the supply for uh, for t- people in, 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 in terms of uh, looking for long-term secure accommodation. And where does, where, Peter, where does the free market come into all this? Because I'm assuming the Constitution protects the free market. Where does the free market come into all this? Well, well, it's, well it's a free. It's, well, it's, it's not me, really, but the rules that you're in, you want to implement, it's not really it's not a free, free market. market. It's not, it's not a free market. Because, but, uh, but it should be. But otherwise, otherwise, why would a landlord want to be in the business if it's not a free market? To some, I mean, don't understand. I, I understand the, the, you know, the idea of rent caps to some degree. But the idea Which that... Actually, you, well, here's I know Carl doesn't. Thing. Well, no, I, I want to get back to this. What we have is basically economic Stockholm Syndrome, where we keep on believing, do this rule, that'll fix it. So only this week they changed the mortgage rules. 
But when those mortgage rules were brought out, people said, this is great. It's going to stop people from overborrowing. It's going to stop prices from rising. Prices rose every year. We brought out rent controls. This is great. This is going to protect renters. It's going to stop prices from rising. Prices have risen every year. Homelessness rises. People who can't get housing rises. All the problems occur. And then a shortfall of supply arises. Now we're going to ban evictions. Oh, that's great. This is, do you not realise that we keep having the same conversations again and no, again, well, believing I, that a government who can't deliver are somehow going to give us solutions the third, fourth, fifth time around <laughs> that didn't work the first time? That is well, actually the definition of insanity. Rent control point you made about rent control, because rent control do actually work, but there's so many loopholes that landlords They don't. They don't look at what's happened by your own admission. Fundamentally correct, fundamentally <laughs> right with. That are, that are How have rent controls worked when we're seeing rent spiralling out of control? And they've driven landlords out of the market because if you ever gave someone decent rent, you can never get back to parity. You can never get back to normality. You're stuck with what the... I'll put it this way. Rent, there are versions of rent controls that are good. We brought out the worst, most non-working one and people cheered for it. And now look at what's happening today. Okay, stay there stay there for a second, Peter, if you can. I want to go to Jimmy as well because Jimmy... Well, hang on, Peter. Hang on, Peter. I know you're dying to get more in there. Uh, stay there. And I do <laughs> like it. I do like you, Peter, by the way. I like Peter. <laughs> I, I like you too, now. Peter, I'm, Peter, you're invited to coffee with me anytime. I'm on Pier Street. Come by. <laughs> Hang on, hang on, Peter. I have to let more people in as well. Stay there with me, Peter, if you can. Let me just go to Jimmy, who's a landlord. Jimmy, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Jimmy, this uh, eviction ban, uh, you know, to March, as a landlord, does that affect you? Well, look, uh, I, I sent in a, a, a WhatsApp there, Neil, but luckily enough, uh, I'm in a position where we have three properties that are all paid for, so we don't owe any money, luckily enough. The tenants that we have are very decent people. We know them personally for years. It's not really going to affect me. No, I was talking to one of the tenants last week and I was saying it to him. I said, at what stage, I said, are the government going to legislate? I said, for me or you, I said, to go to a shop and fill a, a shop and a lot of food and take that away because I said, as far as I'm concerned, food is every bit as important, if not more so than shelter. But it's going to be illegal for me to take back a house. But it's not legal for me to go out and rob a shop. <laughs> I said, for me, I said it amounts to the same thing. I said, if you were tenant in the property, I said, they can't pay their rent. You're talking about probably an asset worth quarter of a million that's held ransom for the next five or six months. So, in other words, you're saying, if you're going to make it illegal to throw people out of your house who don't pay, or yeah. can who can't pay, should I say, or for whatever reason you want to sell the property, you might as well make it illegal, or make it legal to go into a shop and, and take bread and milk. I mean, what are you talking about, a couple of quid? For me, it amounts to the same thing. It is the government are practically legalizing tenants to rob their rent. Look, the, the government are great at bringing out rules that, that basically the hammer falls on other people. You know, and, and, and that's, that's an example of it. And, and Jimmy's as a landlord, is probably the worst example of a landlord because his houses are paid for and, you know, everything sounds fine. But imagine, for instance, and Jimmy, I'm just going to make a fictitious daughter. If you have a real one, I'm not talking about her. Uh, that you had a daughter and her and her husband break up and, you know, it's a real bad situation. She needs to get out of there. So you say, you know what, you can go and live in one of the houses and tell you get things together. I know, you know, things are hard at work or when you lost your I'll job. Give so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give a bit of notice. I'll give a bit of notice and I'll, you know, I'll let you live there. You can't. And this no, is no. the kind of thing that we forget is that there's other people involved. This is not a one-sided debate with a one-sided argument. And it's easy to get into the mind of people who have to move out of a house, you know, where they don't want to. It's not as easy to do the mental arithmetic to see what are the knock-on effects of the next case, the next case, and go on through it. Because if you did, you'd never think that this was a good idea. But the government rely on people being stupid. 
they actually, it's great because if you can't think for yourself and they think for you, you'll always do what you're told. And that's what it's about. Uh, sorry, just getting back to Peter Dooley. J- listen to Jimmy there, okay? And, you know, Jimmy is not your typical landlord because a lot of landlords haven't paid for the properties that are paying a mortgage. But like, as the, the example Carl gave there, you know, and, and also what Jimmy said, if you're going to make it illegal, you know, to tr- throw somebody out of a house or it's the same as throwing somebody out who owes you money, whatever, uh, why not just make it illegal to arrest people who shoplift? Well, it's not. It's not illegal currently under the legislation. It's not. That's not part of the, the ban on evictions. But no, the, no, 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 no. You're not. You're not answering the question, Peter. Well, that is the question. No, no. But what, what he's saying is, so I'm not talking. Like this is based on the facts that are here, and all. Like in terms of the legislation that's presented in front of us currently. But like I think you have to take it back to the basic uh, crux of the argument. And if, if you look at it, any civilized society, should see a home as a social good. If we start at a fundamental point of an economy in a society, that's a fundamental starting block of any, any foundation, of any, any civilized society, I would argue. And I think it's, it's important that if you take it back to that and start policy based on that, such as look at real uh, proper solutions, such as that, that solve the housing crisis. And none of the party politicians, uh, this is where you agree with Carl on points in terms of the set off accounts of housing, it's illogical. Uh, Backward policy you could ever have sent off our public housing stock, built through all our hacked public money, and sold off now. Into, and many of them are in private hands of private landlords. Uh, housing estates got it all over Dublin City and, and Ireland. No, I, I don't think anybody's disagree with Peter. This is what we should start no, with. No, 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 hang on. We, we all know there's a massive problem in the housing market in this country, and the government, by the way, have ultimately have to take responsibility for that, right? Because they haven't been building social housing. Okay, but, but, but hang on. Jimmy has made a really valid point. And stop coming back to what you're talking about all the time because I agree with a lot of it. I agree with some of what Carl says too. But the point is, Jimmy makes a very valid point. A roof over your head, food in your stomach is just as important as a roof over your head. There are people out there at the moment who can't afford a decent meal, can't afford food. So why don't we legislate for them to be able to go into a shop and steal food? Why not? Sure, that's essentially what we're saying, isn't it? Well, who's, who's stealing anything? Like, well, well, if a, well, if a tenant doesn't want to pay you, that's the same thing. Sorry, 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 Jimmy. It amounts to the same thing if 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 a tenant is either unable or unwilling to pay their rent. Well, no, unwilling is different to unable. Yeah. Most landlords I know don't shop in Middle and Aldi. Most working class people who are renters. Shopping cheaper places. <laughs> well, I don't think it's about us where we shop, but the point he's making is why not make it legal to shoplift? Because it's necessary to eat. It's necessary to have a roof over your head and we've just made it legal for you to live in somebody else's house and not pay if you can't. And now, now just to get back in though, at what stage is somebody else's problem not going to be my problem? I mean, look, you can, you, we can have this conversation. It's a circular conversation. Tenant comes in, can't afford... Uh, uh, if I need the house, and I need it for somebody else that, that, that needs a house, at what stage do I draw the line and say, well, this person is more important than that person? Like, at what yeah, stage Jimmy, Jimmy, does that problem stop be, yeah. be my problem? Well, all due respect, Jimmy, you've benefited hugely from, from uh, high rents over the past number of years. Oh, he's a big bad landlord, is he? Yeah, yeah. Is he not entitled to earn a living? No, is he not entitled to make a profit? Is it, I, that's a very anti-capitalist thing to say, Peter. To be honest, but you know, here's the root cause of it. Is what you're seeing now come out is the standard Irish begrudgery of you're successful. I'm not as successful as you. I want your money. That's what people don't seem to understand is I'm charging well below market value for the three properties that I actually have. 
What, by the way, what, what is, how, how much, I'm just curious now, you don't have time if you don't want to, Jimmy, how much do you charge your rent per month? Well, uh, Roughly. One of the three houses, they're, both, they're, they're all three bedroom houses, and there's a single man in one of them paying 650 euros a month. And that's a house, is it a three-bed house? A three-bedroom house in good condition. Um, what part of the country? Don't tell me exactly where it is, what part? In County Cork, in, in a mid-sized town of County Cork. But that's okay. Uh, so Jimmy is effectively the social welfare system on his own. <laughs> like he's renting places out for below the price. You know, like, so at, what, at what stage is it, do I draw the line and say, well, look, I understand your problem, but why is it my problem? Uh, I look, can't Jimmy, go anywhere. It, it, look, if you're, waiting, if you're waiting for the government to make sense, uh, I'll tell you. You want to get yourself a good pot of tea and a few sandwiches and be ready to, to hold out for a few years on that one. Like, it doesn't. This well, isn't well, about I mean, making even sense. Even it's about appealing an assumption there about what, about, to base about emotions. What type of landlord I was and, and, and the kind of profit I am or I'm not making off of this property. Like, I know a few other people. I mean, look, I would be reasonably well known in the town and I am getting phone calls from misfortunate people begging me, do I know any place? Have I any place yeah, for rent? I and, understand and in a weird where sense, we are. Look at Jimmy's situation. You know, he's fine. He, he's helping to support a single person living in a three-bed house. At a reasonable rent. At, at a reasonable rent. Like, that's to be commended. Instead, we look at people like him and we look at them as if they're dirt. And we're going and, to punish and, him and, now. And, and then we look at the government who have hundreds of thousands of houses and they put single people in a three-bed house and they charge him the same price as they would charge him in a one-bed house because the rent is tagged to the person, not to the property. So you get this weird situation where there's thousands of government-owned homes where one person occupies a three-bed house, and then we're sticking six people into a bed-sit because that's what came free, because you effectively get a tenancy for life. Like, if we want to talk about the state providing solutions, why don't they start to, to move around the people within the houses that they control, that they already own, and solve some of it through that? But they won't, because that takes courage. It takes conviction, something they sorely lack. So they'll do it by pushing it out to the other people who do provide those houses. All right, I've got to go to a quick break. You can text us or you can WhatsApp us. Maybe you agree with Peter Judy. Maybe you agree with Carl Dieter or Jimmy. Uh, let us know what you think. Maybe you're a landlord or a tenant. Do you believe this eviction ban for the next five months uh, will serve any purpose? Or does it just serve a purpose to push more landlords out of the market and punish them? Let me know what you think. 87 treble zero is the WhatsApp app and text number. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 Carl Dieter has remained in the studio because he's so excited by this conversation. Glutton for punishment is but the word. <laughs> I've been listening to it all day, and, and they're all gloating over this. They think this is a wonderful piece of legislation. Of course, Sinn Féin are gloating over it, uh, and many others are gloating over it. Daryl Bryan is, is gloating over it as well, saying there's a wonderful prote- piece of uh, legislation that will protect the vulnerable, you know, through the winter months. Is, is that not a fair point, that through the winter months, I know you're saying it's very temporary, maybe it's, it's just kicking the can down the road it's a putting a plaster on the leaking bucket but will it not protect people not as much as if they manage their own housing stock correctly not as much as if they really you know grabbed the uh, the, the the rose by the thorns and and got to the nub of the problems like we have thousands of empty but they haven't carlos you keep saying what if what if the government haven't provided enough oh, no, housing no, no, all those things no, aren't the, there I, I was just saying there like we have thousands of people in government housing today not last week or not in the future today who are one person in a three-bed house, and we've got thousands of people today who are being packed into, you know, bedsits. And if we actually shifted people around within the existing public houses housing system, which, by the way, belongs to all of us, yeah, but so we should have a say in yeah, it. Yeah, but who's going to go to Mary in Finglas, who's now a widow, 
and her kids have moved out of the house and one has gone to Australia and one is living in England and one is living down in Cork or something. Who's going to go to Mary in Fingless and say you're living in a three-bedroom corporation house for all mm-hmm. the world or council house. Uh, we need you to get out now. We're going to give you a one-bed apartment. Who's going to say that to her? Anyone with a tap of common sense because you, if you want... But she knows everyone in the community. Housing, but if you want the state to provide your housing, then they have to have some say on the size so would you? So if you were in provided. government, would you kick Mary out of the house in Fingless? Call it kicking out if you like. I would say that we would we would we would have a rule which allows people to move within the system. And if you're not willing to move, you have to pay. Neve, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Neve? It's Neem. Oh, uh, sorry, Neem. I do apologise. Sorry, Neem. You're Niamh. all right, Niamh. Yeah. I just I just thought somebody forgot to put the H in. Sorry, I do apologise. Yeah, it's grand. It was seventies, kid. You know yourself. <laughs> There's something to take. Um. I, it was an interesting point there. I, I don't agree with that, lad. I do uh, wholeheartedly agree with the ban, the eviction. It's not a ban. It's it's a temporary measure. If we did this during COVID and nobody fell off a cliff. Um, and it's like I know and I understand there's multiple angles to this where landlords are saying, I can't evict them, they're not paying. That's actually being dealt with as far as I'm aware. And nobody has a problem if someone's acting the maggot or doing anti-social behaviour, then fine. I'm sure the system will accept to evict Well, with the system and the legislation, when it's signed off, and, and the legislation hasn't been written as such yet because it won't come until 1st of November, it will yeah. say if they don't willfully pay. So, in other words, it, it's suggesting if they have the money and don't pay, you know, well, then you can boot them out. But if they yeah. don't have the money and they can't pay, you can't boot them out. Now, who's how are you going to prove that? Well, obviously, like it's like everything. This is uh, the ninety percent of people that will be on the HAP scheme are means tested. Um, there is a, a procedure already in place there. If I'm not wrong, it's, it's just a matter of actually just checking it. Like they, they're supposed to have tax clearance certificates every year. There's multiple angles of who, who are not the renters, the landlords. Uh, well, both renters don't need tax. Renters don't need tax clearance. Hap, if you're on the half, you're supposed to have tax clearance certificate. Oh, okay. And, um, okay, that's one aspect of it. That's, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect that yeah, Carl mentions yeah. is, and I, and I think this is a very important aspect, and he gave it a great example there of a couple who want to sell their house because, you know, it's in positive equity now, et cetera, et cetera. And they might have a family there waiting to move into another house. And they might have a tenant, they, they, or the, the other house has a tenant, and then they can't move in, the sale falls through. So other people are affected by this decision. Innocent people who are paying their way through life are affected by this decision. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to be affected whether we put this ban in or not because these people have to be housed no matter what we do. But, 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 but why is it that couple's responsibility? Why is it their social responsibility to, to, to care about other people? Because the government is elected to represent the citizens of the country, not, not landlords, not uh, multinationals, the citizens. And the citizens, are, our most vulnerable, need every protection right now because... You know, everyone knows someone who's struggling and now we, we're going into this winter of we don't know how much we're going to get taken for by gas or electricity bills. Okay, sorry, well, sorry hang on. Well, well, hang on. Carl wants to say something. There's sorry, a philosophical sorry, element of rights that I think is often forgotten in Ireland because we're really good at saying we want to ban this. We want to, you know, take over X or Y. Your, your most basic rights actually don't require money or to ruin someone else's rights in the process. So the right to not be killed. You know, that is costless. And if someone breaks it, they face a high punishment. But we don't go out and say, oh, it costs, you know, 4000 a year to, to, to keep your right to your own life or your right to your own personal integrity. What we're talking about here is rights that can cost tens of thousands of euro because they're actually 
their 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 follow-on rights. And what they're doing is they're saying, you know, we're willing to trample all over someone else's rights because we have a view that this set of rights is more important in our view. You can't actually prove that that set of rights is more important. Not only that, by encouraging this type of set of this, these types of rights into existence, what you actually do is get the people most responsible off the hook. And the people most responsible who have been getting off the hook continuously are those who fail to provide public or social housing, and that is the people in charge, ergo the government, and by extension the Irish people, because we don't push enough to raise property tax, to finance things like this. We choose instead to have our money go into roads, go into, you know, help, go into a manner of all sorts of things. And, and then when housing does come up, everyone objects to it. And then when, you know, the housing is built, they say, no, this is awful. Like, it, it, you know what? Truth is, not we actually deserve every housing crisis we get. Okay, stay, well, stay there for a second, Name. Let me go to Trish. Trish, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Trish? Hi, and I am. How are you? Now, you're, you're a renter. I am. Okay, how long are you renting? Um, actually, only since February of this year, I came home from abroad, uh, but okay. I was renting only before that. Okay, um, okay. So um, do you welcome this eviction ban? Do you think it's a good idea? No, I don't. I think uh, Carl hit absolutely every nail on the head with this. and I, for, So I'm not repeating too much. I'll come at it from a different angle, or a slightly different angle. I heard one of the government ministers there one or two weeks ago say on the radio that um, the common good is more important than private property. And that just has massive alarm bells because, you know, where do you draw the line at common good? And we've seen during the pandemic and um, lots of different things being brought in and people are saying, you know, oh, it's for the common good. You should do this. And I just think that's really very wrong. And you're heading into a very slippery slope to say, you know, I, I think things like affordable housing is for the common good because it's common to everybody. But I think to, to do something for one particular group of yeah, people is not the I common good. I don't think anyone ever debates that the common good uh, is is too much something that we can't have some agreement on. So housing everybody for the common good, no one will but, disagree but, with that. But, but, How you but when achieve the government it, are saying, but when the government the are saying, I I just think it's a, a, a nice little way of the government saying that I'm going to put in some policy that's working in my favour or our agenda in order for. Um, you know, whatever it is that's the issue at the time. I the, just their own short-term political gain is usually what they're hoping this, for. And this is the thing. And you have to question, when this ends in March, do they have a solution in place? No, no. they don't. And this no. is the whole root of the problem. And then you're, you know, when it comes to the constitutional rights, they should be upheld no matter what. And I just don't well, like I, that whole well, thing. Well, I, I do believe on that note that there will be a constitutional challenge in relation to this. I know speaking of Morning Ireland this morning, this morning the Irish Property Owners Association said her organisation is seriously considering going to court. So I think there may be a constitutional challenge as well, to, in relation to the not, common good of the so, social good. To get good. through the courts? Yeah. I mean, by the time it's they even do that. Be, yeah. yeah. They don't think it's going to be successful, though, because there was a, another person on another channel this morning saying that... that I did that, hear her, actually. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did hear that. Okay, look, I've got to go to break. Keep texting. Keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Thank you, Trish. Thank you to Neem as well. All right, keep Ireland's texting. classic hits radio. Keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 She always catches me out. Kieran, you're in Ireland's classic hits radio. How are you doing, Kieran? Yeah, how are we going, mate? How are you doing, Kieran? Very quickly, go on. Yeah, like, you're not about the tenants there and all that, right? I, uh, I have a host, and um, it's, I get 900 quid a, a month, right? 900 a month, yeah. A month, right? No, my team is, I got up to 2,100 quid a month with all the interest rates and hikes and all that. And the, the girl that I get this, she's in there for five years. I give them for 900. I didn't put up a penny in, in, the, in the five years. 
So, so you're paying over two grand in mortgage. In mortgage, yeah, in mortgage. And, and you're renting it out for nine hundred. That doesn't make yeah. any economical sense at yeah, all for I, you. I, yeah, but I give the girl, uh, I give her uh, six, uh, six months. I think it was six months more to stay on a couple of months ago. So, what's near, man? That's up in January. So I can't sell that house go to get me out of the problem. Like I'm going on the road as well because of this. So now I'm wondering, actually, just very quickly in, the, in relation to Carla, I'm not too sure, they haven't written up the legislation yet, but Kira makes a good point. So if you've already given notice, but your notice doesn't expire till after the 1st of November, where does that leave a landlord? Do, do you know? No. Oh, sorry, Carl. <laughs> no. I, I don't know where that leaves the landlord because they haven't written up the legislation because that's re- retrospectively applying the legislation, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, so I, I think, so you're saying... So it's going to be, Ruth reckons, they, from what she believes, it'll be cancelled. In other words, you won't be able to sell the house, Kieran. Right. Well, do I have to give six months more to sell again? Or what's going to happen, you know? Like, like they're bringing in all these, all these rubbish laws there that we can only put up 2% a month and all this crack, like. Mm. So, so, so you, believe, only, you believe that your rights have been trampled on? It's fine. Like, I can only put up as a 2% a year more than that 900 quid, a 2%. Like, so what? So what yeah, are you gonna do? You're gonna are you gonna sell? You're gonna sell the house, Kieran? Is it? I sell the guy. Like, I where do I stand? Like, do I have to give her another six months to it in now? Or do I have? To I would. I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah I would. I would imagine this, you this probably is, won't be selling the house till next July. Probably. This is this is like the typical. You know. Oh, we're bringing in a temporary health and income levy, and then it's not really temporary. It just morphs into something else. We're bringing in rent pressure zones and rent controls, but it's only temporary. They'll only last from 2016 to 2019. They're baked into the cake forever. Everything the government says, there's nothing as permanent as a temporary tax levy. That's all you've got to remember. And you know what, landlords, run for the hills. They're coming for you. Kieran, thanks for that. Now we got some voice notes as well. Sorry about that, Kieran. I do apologise, but for people yet in Kieran's situation, I can't tell you exactly. But I, as far as I know, uh, any notice you've already given, uh, as far as Ruth is concerned, and uh, she believes it's been cancelled. It'll be cancelled if it goes past the first of November, and then you will have to probably give notice again. I imagine in March. But the government said that after March they will be bringing in something to stop everybody piling onto the the market at the same time. Yes, they will, of course. So they, they will. will bring in something else most likely, and you probably won't be able to sell the house sometime in the middle of next year. Maybe even if you get away, maybe not even next. Forever. Year. <laughs> That's what else someone wanted to do with these messages, Carl. They like you. Totally agree with Carl. If you're not paying yourself, you take what you get. You take what you get. Here's another one. Wait, no, listen to your conversation there with, about the rental accommodation and all that. Now, unfortunately, I can't come on and open at the moment. But I know for a fact, my mother's home, we're an accidental landlords because my mother's in a nursing home. Um, we had people in it last year and they left it in a terrible state. They left early, they didn't finish off the remainder of their contract. I ended up spending a lot of time cleaning, decorating it. The new carpets and blinds and stuff were broken. In general, just rubbish left in the place. They left. They didn't care about the property. And we were told by the tenants, uh, the agency looking after that we're better off just taking it on the chin because we'll have no comeback with the PTRB. And it's shocking that they got away with it. Like, we need this money to pay for my mother's care to look after we're not wealthy people or anything like that so it was just we weren't making money on it um now i'm not doing spending over three and a half nearly four thousand getting the place right and renting out to four guys didn't even keep increase the rent so that we hopefully get good tenants and so far it's so good so we're being penalized as well so not everybody's in a great situation you know it's not everybody making millions out of this it's it's only a handful of people are making millions out of it or making a lot of money out of it we just need the house to be looked after and need an income for my mother 
So um, that's my reality. Okay. We, get, we get the general gist of that. And just finally, Carl, I think everybody understands the point he's making there. And there is victims in all this, uh, as you say, in every piece of legislation that we bring out, we don't consider everybody. Finally, Carl, one question comes in. Seems you are from the uh, Irish Mortgage Brokers.ie. Somebody mm-hmm. wants to know, ask Carl quickly before he goes, his predictions on the interest rates. Oh, well, interest rates, at least on mortgages, are definitely going up. 100% because at the moment an individual can borrow for cheaper than the state can borrow. So in other words, the, the government bonds, if the government went to the market, would probably pay around 2.7%. You know, Niall Boylan or any other hero who walks into a brokerage can probably get a loan closer to 2%. That's completely insane, completely unprecedented. It's not going to last. So basically rates for mortgages, whatever about what the ECB do, they are 100% going up. That trend has already started. What's going to happen with interest How rates? How much will they go up over the next two years, do you reckon? They've got, well... Based on today's prices, they have to go up at least one and a half percent. That's going to be a big hit for people, isn't it? Well, to to make the price difference between what the state borrow at and what a person can borrow at, that has to happen for anything to to remain rational. Otherwise, banks would just lend to the state. It doesn't make sense to lend to you for less when they could lend to the state for more. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed. Carl Dieter, thank you for joining me today. All right, so your text when I come in, I don't want to go on the air. I am letting, I'm a letting agent and this ban is stupid as it serves no purpose other than to throw the issue down the road. I received uh, six new termination notices yesterday to give tenants. I also have 11 landlords who are moving back home and now they can't get their properties back. That's going to be a problem, isn't it? And, and Carl makes the point of whose rights supersede Whose rights? Does the tenant have now more rights as an individual, as a person, not as being a tenant under the label tenant, than a landlord? Uh, two human beings. And we're now deciding whose rights are more important. Anyway, let me just go to Gavin very quickly if I can. Gavin, you're on Ireland's Classic. It's Radio. How are you doing, Gavin? How you doing, Neil? How's the show? Go- brilliant today. Thanks very much indeed, Gavin. Gavin, just very quickly, do you agree with this eviction ban? No, I don't. Okay. Like, 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 Noel, when you were talking, I was loving to talk to Carl because I don't agree with the four percent, the increase to four times your um, income to buy a home. The government brought that in as well. The central bank. Do you think that's just going to? Ru- are we going to run away with ourselves? Like run away. Council inflation. Could? Yeah, inflation. Crazy. Just it's just adding fuel to the fire. It doesn't work. Um, like Peter, I was totally opposed to him. It was actually Noel during your conversation with him. You flagged it near the end of the conversation. The most important thing you said was, "What about free market?" free market capitalization, and he couldn't answer you. And that's the reality. Capitalism is what creates wealth, jobs, and keeps an economy going. And we're moving down this big socialist socialist push. To, and the government are getting roped in because Sinn Féin are growing in the polls. And the younger generation is tuning to Sinn Féin because they're making them false promises. You know, like... Well, 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 well I, I, I think a lot of people thinking. maybe turn into Sinn Féin because they want to change. Is that... Yeah. No, I agree. No, that, that's what I mean. They think that when they come in that they're going to bring in this big change where they're going to build 100,000 social housing and they're going to bring in healthcare and they're going to do... Like, it, it's easy when you're on the opposite side of the bench to make promises. Of course. But it's capitalism that creates this. Like, you need investment into your economy for the economy to work and grow. Now, because of what's going on in the world market, right now, the investment's actually growing up. Like, like materials of prices for goods and services have gone through the roof. And their government's answer the whole way through, lately is to print more money and, and, and make it worse. 
So like, they're not making a pet. Yeah, but, why, but why do you say, and I'm just taking the opposing argument, what do you say to people during the winter months at this particular time where we have a, not only a housing crisis, but we also have a cost of living crisis now and an energy crisis and all sorts of crises going on? wouldn't be Ireland if we didn't have some sort of crisis. But what do you say to those vulnerable people who are out there who are in fear of a landlord saying, well, I want to sell up now. It's November. Can you be out before this, the, the, the middle of December, you know, just before Christmas and the cold months? And realistically, when you look around and you look at daft.ie or whatever it are, myhome.ie there's hardly anywhere to buy there's hardly anywhere to rent they're not going to find somewhere to live at a short at a short notice so what do you say to those but what do we do we, we used to have lots of temporary accommodation but we don't have that anymore as you well know so what are we going to do well the only answer to an oil is and the government will never do it is you'd actually and, and you're going to laugh at this because this is the only way you can actually fix the whole problem you'd have to bring in a new marginal rate of tax for everybody like a new proper income tax so people on low income would have to pay a higher tax rate, and people on higher tax would have to pay higher again. In order to bring in universal healthcare, childcare, and housing, to build the housing that we need, because the reality of it is there's 100,000 people on that housing list, there's 10,500 people in emergency accommodation. So in order to fix it, it would... But Ireland is already in a bad that. situation, Gavin, whereby living in Ireland as it is, is expensive enough. Now, don't get me wrong, we have great social care. Our social welfare system is probably one of the most generous in Europe. But in saying that, you know, for, for those who are working or the squeezed middle, as they call them, they're already paying tax. They're pinned to the collar when it comes to property taxes, VAT on their goods, income taxes, you know, stealth taxes. They're already paying enough. They can't pay anymore. Yeah, oh, I'm a landlord. I'm a landlord. I'm one of these people. I know what but I'm saying, is, but you're, you're saying but, but, pay more. No, but the reality of it is, Noel, is because people, you, the, like the big word here is empathy, right? The, the, the big word is empathy. It's, it's how do we deal with the system going forward? And their government don't want to deal with it. So they bring in this eviction ban to keep everybody happy till March. Well, so it doesn't keep everybody Noel, happy, in fairness. Well, uh, but Noel, I did say this to you a couple of weeks ago when I was on the phone that you were going to do this. This won't be abolished in March or whatever. This no, is going to be pushed on. This is this is permanent. This is election getting. This is all about getting votes. It's nothing to do like beyond no illusion. Seeing the guys, seeing the four political parties, and going, they don't care about the lower class or the poor class and the economy. Like they never did. They're, they're just, but they say they don't care. Vote. They care about their vote. Yeah. Yeah, they care <laughs> about their vote. That's all. And the fact of the matter is, their vote over the last donkey's years has been from middle class people, people like me, a payway tax. And now we're saying, why, why should I vote for them anymore? Like, because they, they, they want, like, landlords are going to leave the market. They're already leaving the market. Now we have to make Well, people will argue that the French have done this before during the winter months and landlords didn't leave the market. The French have a far better system than Ireland, now in fairness. Like, the, the French system is like, far superior. Like, for instance, if the French government rents your property, if you're a landlord, Noel, right, and the French, this is a big, big thing that's not mentioned, Noel, so if the French government say to you, Noel, I'm going to rent your property for this family that's homeless, and we're going to take it on a 20-year lease, long-term lease, and you're like, right, grand, and, and you'll get 1% above inflation or whatever it is every year, because the rent's frozen. So, in other words, yeah, you're, you're, you're guaranteed it, yeah. Yeah, guaranteed it. But when, when I say guaranteed, I mean that if that tenant that's living in that property stops paying the council in France rent, the French government continue to pay the landlord. But in Ireland, if you have a tap tenant and the government are renting your property on a five-year lease, I say €2,000 a month, 
for the property. If the tenant stops paying that 60 euro a week, the check stops coming. They stop okay. paying you. And, and, you. and I've heard that before, which is grossly unfair, by the way, in landlords. Gavin, stay with me for a second, because I want to be very quick on this, because I want to move on in a second. But Elizabeth, uh, just on the other side of the argument, you're saying, thank God for the ban. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm a tenant. I've been for the past 10 years. And it, it, I agree, it is just kind of a Band-Aid, but something has to be done now because the situation is just so bad. It's so dire. I'll tell you my um, my experience. Our landlord gave us notice to sell. We had seven months to find a new place. In that time, I applied every single listing on DAFT, every, every site, went to every leasing office, not one reply. We were lucky enough to find one person because my husband knew somebody who knew somebody who was leaving the country and moving to England that we could take over his, uh, his apartment that he um, mm-hmm. currently owns. That We had to move to a different county, everything like that. Come to find out that our apartment was not sold to a, a family or, or a, a person or anything. It was sold to another company that has been buying up all these properties, renovating them slightly, and then putting them up for rent for a thousand euro more than we paid. So they didn't want the property with a tenant in it. Yes. No, no, they they made us leave, but then they, the, the listing has just come up that they're charging um, two thousand five hundred now, and we were charging we were paying fifteen hundred. Okay. They they knocked down a wall and put in some, you know, new new yeah. furnishings and things like that. So, oh. so I, I I have sympathy for the private landlords that that are doing you know good and 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 abiding by their, you know... But, it, but is it fair, Elizabeth? And I understand the situation you were in, and mm-hmm. it must have been a very difficult situation for you and your family, right? So I, un- mm-hmm. I do understand the situation that many people who are vulnerable find themselves in, that they're sitting there, and one day the landlord comes along and says, listen, sorry about that, two months notice, out you go, I'm selling up, or I'm giving it to my daughter, or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really difficult thing to do, you know, and it's a really difficult thing to, to take if, if you're in that situation, particularly at the moment where there's nowhere to bloody rent. But why is it the landlord's fault that the government, this is the argument people are making and Carl Dieter makes, why is it the landlord's fault that the government have made a hames of housing over the last 10 years? I mean, it, it is, you know, the government's fault, but also the whole system in Ireland of the landlords uh, with private property renting them out to tenants. It's, it's kind of odd to me as an American, because you would see in the U.S. they'd be, you know, there's not this kind of stigma against renting I guess in America. Do they have do, in America? Do they? I know they have Section Eight, uh, which is social yeah. housing. But but do they have uh, similar to the HAP scheme, which is the housing assistance program, whereby they give people rent to, to rent out private properties? Do they do that? Um, they do, but it's 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 more based on local governments or state governments or things okay. like that. But the thing you see a lot of in America is, I guess, what you would call here kind of, you know, apartment complexes owned by companies that would rent them out. You, I guess you're seeing them more coming in here. Um, but you would just go in and and get an apartment. There's never any you know problems. But it's 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 just the shorting of housing here and everything. And I don't know, you know. I mean, pro- probably mostly the government's fault. But. Do, do you feel any a level of sympathy at all for genuine landlords who may have been planning to sell, who want to get out of the market? Maybe, maybe they're not making money. They could be losing money on their properties. Some of them are if they're paying high mortgages. Do, do you feel any element of sympathy for them that they now are stuck with a tenant, no matter what the tenant essentially does, even if the tenant turns around and says, I can't, I can't pay anymore, that they're kind of stuck to leave them there? Do, do you feel any level of sympathy for them? I, I, I mean, I do, but also I don't see... I mean, there's so many social benefits that you could apply for, too. I mean, rent supplement is something 
that, you know, if an attending can't pay because their circumstances have changed, they should be applying for that. So I, I, don't, I, I do feel some sympathy for the landlords, but it's just, I guess, hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, just very quickly, Gavin, you've heard Elizabeth's circumstances. And, and, you know, it's a genuine circumstance. You get notice. And literally, Gavin, you, I've seen Daft. You know, there's, there's hardly anything on it, with the greatest respect. Well, and they are the most popular site. But Noel, that, that's capitalism. That's tough. Look, I know it's but you can't just say that's, that's tough, tough when you've got Elizabeth yeah, but, and her partner and I don't but, know who else but, looking for somewhere to live and a roof well, over her head. Go down the country then. If you can't afford to live in Dublin, move out of Dublin. Like that, yeah, that's, look, I'm just saying that's the reality of it. If you can't afford to live in Dublin, move out of Dublin. But she shouldn't be in that I, circumstance because the government have a responsibility to provide enough housing for the citizens. That's their job. Yeah, but isn't not it? the landlord. The landlord doesn't have to provide it. It's not up to me to provide our, our, our problems. It's, like, you, you just said it. If the government don't build social housing, that's not my fault. That's not the landlord's fault. Like, like, what, what, like, what have I to do? Say, ah, oh, God, poor, poor Elizabeth. So let us just have free rent in my house. If he doesn't pay it, it's not my fault. The government have, And that's, what's the point of being a landlord then? What's the point of running a business then? Like, like, the truth is the state don't build social housing. They want us to rent to two people. And then in the end, I'm moving down this policy where you have companies like Candy, where big monster companies coming in building apartments, but they only want Google and Facebook workers because they only have, like, they're three and a half grand month on Barrow Street and they're, like, you know... <laughs> I know, they, they build them across the road from us here, but yeah. that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That's, like, like, okay, well, like, okay, well, just finally, because I have to move on, but Elizabeth... He makes a fair point. It's a free market. Uh, you know, you come from the land of the free, so you should understand that more than anybody. It's a free market, you know, and Gavin, as a landlord, should be entitled to do what he wants within the realms of the law, give people a decent amount of notice. But if he wants to sell his property or move his daughter in or do whatever he wants with it, that's his property. He should be allowed to do that. Because somebody made a really good point earlier on, I can't remember which call it was, Jimmy, I think it was, said that if we're going to legalise the idea of somebody who can't afford to pay the rent staying in a property, essentially we may as well just legalise shoplifting. Because we're essentially saying to people, you know, housing is important and if you can't pay for it, sure, that'll be grand. We won't throw you out, don't worry about it. Well then, if you can't pay for food, should I go into a shop and just steal it and sure, that'll be grand? Uh, I do agree that if you're renting a property, you should be paying for it. And if you know, something happens and you can't, you should be looking for those social supports to do that. I, I agree with that. I don't think that, you know, no one should not be paying their rent. But the, the problem is, is that it's not even a, anymore about affordability of being able to live anywhere. It's, there's no place to live. You, there's hundreds of people applying for the same exact place. So even, you know... We and and I agree with you. And, and that's yeah. a huge problem. But the point Gavin is making is, it's not his problem. Yeah, I understand that. I can, I can see that point. I can see his point in that. Yeah. But I, I guess it's a whole other topic about um, someone making their income off the rent of someone else. I, but that's a topic for a different day, I guess. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I think, I think we'll all agree to differ on the fact that uh, if, we were, if the government weren't making a Hames visit and created the housing crisis in the first place, we wouldn't be having this conversation today anyway. But listen, thank you very much indeed, Elizabeth, and I appreciate you coming on the air. And thank you, Gavin, as well. Uh, you both make very valid points. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.